Show. I'm your certified, qualified host, Steve Lucky Luciano, bringing you heat delivered direct from the street. Today, on my right is Chuan Bowen, American Indian, elegant barbarian, Southern Californian, and sound man on my left. As always, <laughs> Sean Lewis, certified audio professional and engineer for the show. Indeed, indeed. And here we are. And here we are. And here we are. And here we are. How much time? How much time did Anthony? I'm gonna let Anthony tell us himself. Let's welcome. Let's welcome Anthony onto the show Anthony. right now, brother. Thank you. Welcome, Thank welcome, you. welcome, Anthony. It's a pleasure to be here. It is. Where are you drive in from today? I actually came from Adams District. Um, I was staying at my girl's house. Uh, I live in Whittier. You live in Whittier? Yes. Whittier. You originally from Whittier, or where are you from? Um, from East L.A. What part of East L.A.? Uh, East L.A. East L.A. East L.A. Okay, all right. <laughs> Great. And uh, Heart of. Heart, the heart of East L.A. <laughs> um, and so you came out for, and you know Elliot from? I know Elliot from Bait Shuba. Which is a Jewish rehabilitation. It is a Jewish rehabilitation. What does uh, Beit Shuva mean? Um, Home of recovery. Okay. Okay. They do a lot of work. They do. They help. Excellent work. I mean, that place is amazing. I've known quite a few people that have gone through Beit Shuva. Life changing. Blessing. I was blessed to go there. I did not expect to go there, and as soon as I stepped there, it scared the shit out of me. Why? Wait, wait, why? <laughs> because those people were so nice. Um, wait, wait, wait. So people that were yeah. nice scared the shit out of you? Because you, you come from an environment where people, uh, it there's an ulterior motive. I right. Gotcha. So when they came with their niceness, I was like, okay, what's the catch here? What's yeah, connect? What's the, where's what's the, the connection? Yeah. yeah, yeah what, like, what, what the fuck? Where, where's the setup at? What do you mm-hmm. really want? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I got gotcha. you. And what were you trying to get out of? Uh, what kind of w- drug or alcohol or what were you getting rid of? I was into everything: drugs, alcohol, gang activity, criminal activity. If it was there, I was in it. I was in that mix. Um, it was the lifestyle I loved. I cherished. Uh, as soon as I found out about it. Full blast, full steam When did ahead. you find out about it? Oh, man, when I was 11 years old was the first taste I got of it. What um, was the taste? Um, weed. My my dad, when I was 11 years old, started getting me high. This is, this oh. is in East L.A.? Yeah. Right? Okay. Hey, and Steve, when did you first smoke weed? Mm, about, ele- no, about, uh, I was 13. No, 12 years old. 12 years old. And how'd you get high? Mm, we stole... <laughs> some weed from my buddy his sister she had weed and she was like oh we're gonna go smoke and they rolled a joint and we're like don't oh you're too young you don't get to so as soon as they went out to go smoke we went into her stash and grabbed some and we smoked and we were about 12 years old yeah as soon, as my, your, yeah, as, soon your, as my pops showed me how to start smoking weed i started stealing his stash you want your about <laughs> my dad let me sit with him and his friends and smoke weed 
when I was three. I'm not lying. Wow. I'm not lying. So you got a jump start on us. Hell not yeah, only that, did. but I, 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 and I'll never forget this as long as I live. This is probably why I act the way I do in certain situations. I watched them smoke weed, and I watched them inhale and hold it in. Right? And I was like three. We were living at the fish hatchery on the reservation. You remember this at three. I absolutely do, because I was allowed to sit in the circle of dudes. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was some big shit. Right. Like, we were that at the was big like, table. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so I sat down, and I was watching them. And when it came to me, I took it, and my dad let me take it. And I took a hit off it, and I held it in. And my dad goes, get a load of the big mm. shot right here. <laughs> I was never so proud of my fucking life. Uh-huh. And ever since then, I was always trying to smoke weed, blah, blah, blah. So your dad, why did your dad show you how to smoke weed, Anthony? Because he wanted me to be his buddy. Uh, Fuck, same here. Yeah, well, I was living with my mom at the time. They were separated. And so spending time with my dad, it was like short, brief, and he wanted to give me that love and attention. Like, I'm your favorite, and we're going to do this, son. And we'd go for a drive. The thing was, let's go for a drive. Yeah. All right, let's. Yeah, man, I'm going to dad's house. I like going for drives. And right. you like going to your dad's house. You started to look forward I to going, going to, going to right. my dad's house. That was the thing. I loved going to his house because it was like, okay, we're going to go get high. Mm-hmm. And dad's going to get me stuff. So. And you knew this. And he knew this. Yeah. Right. That was his way to get get his realest son. Exactly. Now, I got makes, my now it makes sense when Absolutely. you walk into Beit Shuva and Anthony sets up and guys are like, hey, it's going to be cool. Hey, why don't you sit down here? And he's like, what's the catch? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Because his dad's essentially at that point in time bribing you. Yeah, right. Pretty much. It yeah. was. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. What? Um, and so, so this is going on in East LA. Yes. Started with the weed. Started. How with long the weed. did it take before it started progressing? Um, well, he started. We started drinking too. Um, after Together. that, yeah. How old yeah. is he? Oh shoot! Actually, he's twenty years older than me. Okay. So. Okay. So you're 13 or 11? 11. 11. He's 31. 31. Can you, no, listen, Steve, hmm. can you imagine a 31-year-old? Because I have a seven-week-year-old daughter now. Right. Right? So if you really think about it, like when you're doing it and you're the kid, you don't think it's so crazy because you're, you're excited. You're like, I'm 11. That's two yeah. years away from 13. I'm probably going to steal alcohol anyway, and I'm drinking with my dad, so that's pretty cool, and blah, 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 blah. But. If you take all that out of it and you're like, no, there's a 31-year-old guy drinking with an 11-year-old, that sounds a little crazy. Yeah, but all depending on how you were brought up. What all do you mean? depending on, I mean, yeah, it might sound crazy to us, but depending on the experience and what you were showing, it might not seem that crazy. Yeah, and you got to understand, my dad was, he didn't know how to be a dad. Right. He really didn't. So right. that was his version of being a good dad. Right. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, yeah, and then it just made me want to be a, adult even faster oh this is what adults do that's right, what that's, right, i had right. the same so exact fucking my dad thing. treats me as a right big, this, this is what a man boy. this yeah. is what a man does i put on the big boy pants yeah. Yeah. right yeah. you're led yeah. into the secret <laughs> world of dudes exactly yep. i yep. got it and when you got your dad co-signing it that makes it real and oh, then yeah. when you well, talk definitely. to your other buddies if you have some oh, buddies dude, and, they don't, and their dad's not like they want to come hang out with your dad and you and that's what happened and that's what happened i mean i started turning on my friends and all that stuff so that's why i was stealing his dad's because so i could get my friends high and you know i was being the popular kid right so access to hell yeah exactly and we just started having fun with it started doing all kinds of crazy shit around it's interesting because when i was uh by the time i was 14 
um, we would see my uncle, and my uncle smoked regularly. He'd have ounces in his closet, if not pounds. Right. And we'd go to my uncle's, and my grandmother lived with my uncle. And so this is my dad's brother. And uh, we'd go there and go visit or whatever, and my dad would drop me off of there. And I would, my uncle, right away, hey, you want to smoke a joint? And yeah. And so we'd smoke. <laughs> yeah. And then, I don't know, I mean, my dad had to have known because me and my uncle would be kicking back watching movies, and the whole house would be... Smell like weed. Would smell like weed. And then my dad wouldn't say anything to me. And he had to have known. Like, in my head, I'm thinking, dad doesn't know that I smoke because he hasn't seen me smoke. So he probably just thinks, I don't, I just sit here and Uncle Heck, you know, he's smoking. But, uh, and then my, right, right, right. (laughs) And then my grandmother, like, she was, my grandmother was older. So she just, she didn't even, I didn't do it in front of her. Like, she wouldn't see me. But, uh, but she had to have known it too. But it was like I had that relationship with my uncle, man. So anytime my dad was like, "We're going to," I was like, "Hell yeah, dude!" Yeah. And so my uncle would always smoke it and be like, "But I go, no, of course not, you know." But I remember, I don't know what it is with us kids, but right away, is my uncle's my like my dog. Oh, yeah. But as soon as he walked in the other room, I'm in his stash still in his <laughs> shit, dog. You know, right? It's like that's that's what's gonna happen when you smoke with a kid. He's gonna steal your yeah, weed, right? Most definitely. So, um, so that's then no it goes, man, that's no different than like y- your parents drink. They never expose you to it. And then you go and grab the bottles, bottles and you're filling them up with water. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Same yeah. shit. So then you guys start drinking a little bit. Yeah. Start drinking a little bit and then start when I get to the house at, with my mom and cause I'm living with my mom, my grandma, my aunt. Are my they uncles, in Whittier too? And they were living in Whittier at the time. And so when they were gone, the beer in the fridge I'd like start secretly drinking that. And yeah. Then, you know, who drank the beer? You know, who'd do that? And right. Then I remember with, uh, one time that happened, uh, my uncle's like, oh, you know, my family calls me Poppy. So it was like, Poppy did it. So, you know, that started all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I mean, not only that, it just progressed. Um, we moved around a lot. We ended up moving to San Bernardino County. And out there, it was just, I didn't know nobody. I was yeah, the outsider. Yeah, like wasteland out there. Back man. then, well, you figure this was the 80s. And Ooh, there it was really nothing. shot out there back then. There was like then. nothing out there. It was like growing up from yeah. Chernobyl. And it was like, okay, what do I do out here? Right. And first thing I wanted to do was just gravitate to other people. Because for a long time, I was just sheltered kid living out there. You know, 11 years old. Just sheltered. You know, and about 13 years old, got introduced to this one one cat and he was slinging speed mm. and i'm like huh he was like you ever done this before oh sure right yeah, i've done that before and it was like all right and that opened a whole new world for me hey dude what's it like let's let's cut the shit what's it like when you you smoked weed you drank you lie you get a little bit of speed what's the first speed hit like it was amazing i mean it really was i mean because I like doing things uh. as a kid. I like, doing <laughs> I like doing things. I like doing things. I like going out, venturing out as a right. kid, go out, ride my bike, just take off. Yeah. And with that, it was like, wow, like this is a bullet train. When, how did you get, how'd you take it? Through the nose, just snorted it. Um, and then how long did before you realized, holy shit, I'm full of like marching power. Dude. Yeah, I was like, man, this stuff, I chased that feeling for years, right. decades. Sure. I mean, sure. That was that was my drug right there. That was my get down, and I could, 
I never stopped. It, it just went. Right. And I don't know. I like I like the fact that I could just go and just start doing all kinds of tweaker stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Just What's get into what, what, what do tweakers do? <laughs> what do they do? We, oh, man, <laughs> you name it. We'll take stuff apart. Uh, <laughs> uh, just go out, uh, do things, venture out. What's just the craziest tweak on thing stu- you ever took apart tweaking? Did you ever take anything weird apart? Or like, did you take a stereo apart? What did you do? We've taken stereos apart. We've taken um, bikes apart, motorcycles apart, uh, <laughs> cars why apart. Why is that? Um, Everything. You, you never it's hear just that. You the never, tweak. I don't get that. Like, why is it? The, but why is it a tweak? Like, you, you hear people smoke weed or the, the heroin, I guess, you just nod out. You don't feel like doing shit. But, like, when people are on speed, you always hear they're taking shit apart. Well, be, we got to remember. it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, how does this operate? Not only that, I mean, at the time I started DJing too, so I'd get to DJing and all that stuff, just digging in crates and putting stuff on and just going on a sick one. And that was back then the scene, the house party scene, the flyer parties and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you go out there and you start doing all that. Yeah. Oh, man, it, it was incredible. I mean, and then you start hitting those parties. And then girls and all girls that. chasing Boy. women. I mean, it was, that was it. I mean, throwing your own parties, making money. And right. It, it was that was the whole get down back then. I, I think that from a standpoint of um, what you're asking, why do you tweak? Well, let me let, let me let me make something real clear to you. Yeah. You're tweaking because you're concentrating on one thing, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Now, you're why do doctors prescribe amphetamines to children? That can't concentrate. Huh? Oh, when like the kid a- can't concentrate, like ADHD. They give them the speed because they that them gets them the ba- to get them to fucking align focus. with something and focus. And that's what this speed is doing. It's getting you to focus. Right. And whatever your get down is, if it's porn, your whole tweak's yeah. gonna be all about porn. If it's about <laughs> cars, your whole tweak's gonna be all about cars. If it's electronic, if it's DJ, and whatever yeah. it is. Whatever you're going to you're going to go deep and hard and tunnel vision on that thing. Right. And you get lost on Dude, it. Dude, you know what? And you're ultimately really, well, maybe some people are doing something. I, myself, I thought I was doing a lot, but, but when you, you really, really pull really it back, getting, nothing was getting done. Nothing was getting done. Just going around in circles. Yeah, because if you start something, <laughs> your mind gets focused on another thing, and right. then you're doing it, that, and right. then you and got all kinds done. of stuff all over the right. place. Halfway so, done. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, while you're in the moment, on the tweak moment, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, man, I'm just accomplishing, blah, 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 blah. And then when, like, two days, three days later, when it all wears off, you look and you just got a messy fucking floor. Exactly, yeah. bro. Exactly. <laughs> Shit doesn't make any sense. You're like, what Nothing was that? Yeah. So, now, and where did I leave off at? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so, this, so this goes on. You're, you're, you're chasing this thing, and you're saying you're chasing it. And how old are you now? Deep um, into this beat. 13, 14, 15. I started running for the guy that introduced me for a minute. And after that, I started turning on my cousins, my uncle. Uh, so it was like being a whole little network. We were just getting high, slinging speed. Taking apart everything. And, t- and just getting into everything. I mean. You know, robbing, stealing. Party scene. Yeah, robbing, stealing. The party scene was a big factor in my life. The, that was a big factor. I would go out to parties, DJ, just hang out. Um, what was your DJ name? Uh, DJ Exile. DJ Exile. <laughs> yeah, I like Because you know why? Because it was in fucking San Bernardino County. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. Exile. I was, I was in Exile. Ex- exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was exiled to San Bernardino County. Yeah, so. yeah I love but, that. Yeah, man. and it That's was. a good name. It was, it was amazing. I, I actually loved that scene. That scene was something that was real relevant in my life back How then. How long did that last? All the way up until I was 
18 years old. So about like four or five years. Yeah. You're rolling. I was and rolling. So it. what when you say about 18, 19 years old, are we talking early 90s? We're talking or late 80s. Late 80s. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Kid of the 70s. Okay. Um, so right before I, I committed my life crime, mm -hmm. uh, that's that's mainly what I was doing. I was just going to parties, DJing, just slinging speed right before I got. Hey, I got a question, crime. man. There's a lot of dudes I know that have like speed in their history and stuff like that. And when they get cleaned up and everything, they look young. Like they look younger then, like, like I'm looking at Anthony right now. I mean, Anthony looks pretty young, right? Like, he's like, I'm a kid of the '70s. And I'm like, I wouldn't. Have <laughs> I'm a kid that. of the '70s too. Hey, and, I, and, I, too. and I was, and I was chasing this. Yeah, I, yeah. that was a, a, a lot heavy of speed. If you make it through, I know there's a point at which your teeth disappear forever and you look weird forever. But before that, there's like this weird chunk of time where if you clean up, you still. Ah, uh, but you're also forgetting that I think that sometimes they say that incarceration preserves. It you, does. Right? Does it? It does. It does you have because you think about it i right. mean you're sleeping you're eating, eating three meals a day yeah. maybe more i mean you're exercising mm -hmm. it's all there i mean it's, you're definitely shit. not stressing you're on not keeping stressing the lights out. on and rent right exactly you're not stressing <laughs> out <laughs> you're stressing on other things but you're it can preserve you and it, especially if you can does. get into the right program that the right yard you can goddamn fascinating like we could do is set up a treatment with dj exile call you know uh how to prolong your life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, how to stay you know, young forever. Jackson, <laughs> and, and pri you know, uh, prison preservation. You know, remove yeah. wrinkles. And then get some of these rich divorcees from Malibu and be like, look, we're going to recreate the prison scene. Uh, listen, bro. Let me tell you something. a warehouse, make sales out of it. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you out. something. They also have a myth that heroin preserves you, too. So you, can, <laughs> I know some of these dope fiends that have been locked up for 20 years, man. They look like they're about 15. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, well, let's get back on track, though. So, all right. We're in late eighties. You're about eighteen, nineteen years I'm old. I'm seventeen. I'd, Something. Yeah. Um. Late eighties, just running amok. I was running amok. I mean, I really had no response sense of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And you know, I wasn't trying to listen to nobody but myself. My friends meant the world to me. That mm -hmm. was the only thing that meant most important. Thing yeah, is most your important thing in the world. My family didn't mean nothing to me. I put them in harm's way. Yep. And didn't care. Um. Yep. I moved back and forth from LA to IE, just doing my thing. And IE means in, uh, in the Empire. Empire. And still a that's what my life consisted of. It was just, you know what? I don't care. You know, this is my life. I'm a grown man, you know, because that's what I was raised up to already feel like. You know, right. I was already, Pops already taught me I'm a grown man now. Right. And I was just a stupid punk. I was. A kid. Yeah, I was. You were still a kid. A kid. I, I mean, was like, still dude, a kid. Think about it now. How old are you now? I'm 47. I just turned 47. Okay, so yeah. check it out, man. And when you're 47, and it, at the time when you're like 18, 19, and you're thinking, you think you really know some shit. Yeah, you but think. But then you when you're 47 and you look back, you're like, man, when you're 18, you don't you know, know shit. anything. Yeah, right. I was the smartest person I knew. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, right. That's, there you that's, go. That's that a perfect analogy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And life's one big party. Yeah, it was. It so really then what was. happened, man? I uh, just got involved with the wrong people um, and committed a, a heinous act. You know, I, I committed murder and three attempts. Mm -hmm. A murder? And what does that mean? Like, break out, break that out. So, uh, a murder and three attempts? Yeah. Um, we went out and what was supposed to be like a double date ended up just being like me and my, my crimey. We going out and shot up at these people. 
Damn. Uh, and uh, they didn't ex- they didn't deserve that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, looking back now, you know, no one deserves that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was the reason at the time? There, there's no plausible reason at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was none whatsoever. So for how that to happen, for that to happen, there's no reason for it. No, to no, happen. no, no. I mean, like, if you go back to your mind, so like you're saying, like, look, we started out with a double date. Yeah. Okay. So how does a double date turn into so like a weird uh, violence thing? Yeah. How does that, that happen? I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that because it was. I'm carrying a gun in my car, so if you have a gun in your car, it's gonna get you. We were yeah. just talking about this not to interrupt things no but your state of mind and i know this from carrying a gun right if you have a gun your attitude is gonna bring you to use that gun exactly that's why if you just don't have a gun with you right you're at it you're not even bringing that type of energy right so go on yeah and, and my crime partner just pulled a nutty he pulled a, what does that a mean? freaking nut. he just went on one i don't know we're we, we're partying that whole day yeah and for some reason, something clicked in his mind that everything was cool to just freaking start some shit and just let's go on one, you know? Got it. And and that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. And so then you're crying as And like- I can't, and you know what? And I can't say nothing to this guy. You know what I mean? You can't really, that's my boy. That's my ace deuce. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you, ride or die. Right. And you can't tell him, hey, what are you doing? Right. Stop that. Wait, and wait, why can't you? Because... That's not part of the code. I mean, right. what are you doing? You rolling with them, you right know, or wrong. Right or wrong. That's okay. what's gonna happen. Dude, that's right. crazy. You know what, man? That is a crazy thing because I kind of understand what you're saying. Like on some level, there's a loyalty thing where it's like, I ain't questioning you because you're my boy. Exactly. Right? And it's yeah. a loyal thing. Well, then the flip side is and then it's you like think an, about it. Another yeah. true loyalty would be like, hey, calm down. Cause we don't need to have this kind of trouble right, right. now. Right. But but, but, just, but but pretty much in in my mind back then was yeah. Man, I'm not gonna get caught. Of course, and and we're, not, we're, talk, we're not yeah. talking about maybe a 25 year old, right? Maybe we're yeah. talking about a 17, 18 year old. Yeah, and that's like the code is more important than anything. Exactly. God damn. And my friend meant the world to me. He right. was. <clears throat> I, I'm a hundred percent. Yeah, with you. Right. So he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna be on one, and I'm I'm gonna start some shit. No matter, nobody's getting my way right now. I'm gonna exactly. do whatever." Yeah. So then he rolls up on and he starts getting crazy with a group of people. Yeah, we it was a multiple drive-by. Got it. So, got it. And and upon this exchange, no, a number of people get hit and yeah. one person gets and killed. One person gets killed. Let me ask you a question: When you are like when this is starting to go down, right? And you know it's your homeboy and all such stuff. But in your honest mind at the time, what like, was I thinking? Were, were you, what were you feeling? Like, did you was there a part of you that was like, oh, this, this is fucked up, but I, it's too late now? No, because I had I didn't care about anybody else. So you were like, fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. I mean, it's gonna it's going down. What happened? My my main concern was how do I get the hell out of here? Right. Where's my escape route? Right. That was all that mattered. I mean, it didn't matter what was happening to anybody. Any. Anything it was. And did first you find thing was your, like, what kind of car were you driving? I was driving a '75 Super Beetle. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that Damn. was the car. That <laughs> That's the getaway car. car. That's the getaway right. car. So right. then you found your escape route. You were like, okay, I'm gonna go out this I'm way. I'm just taking off. I mean, how long did it take for the cops to catch up to you guys? They didn't. Um, they while well, I didn't get arrested till like about a couple days later. Okay, so what? So what happened? So you? So I woke up like easy. He said six in the morning. Police at my door. Oh, ice <sighs> That's ice tea. Right, Six right, in the morning, right, right. police at my door. That was it. 
So, okay, they hold on a second. blocked off the... I was living in a cul-de-sac, and they blocked the street off. <sighs> are you with your crimey, or you no, got separated? No, I'm, I'm, I'm asleep in my house. Mm -hmm. He's already arrested with wait, somebody else. Wait, wait, hold on, oh, hold on. Hold on. God. hold on, hold on. So... My stomach just starts yeah, to get I'm fucked up as soon as I hear the story. Okay, so hold on a second. So, so the thing goes down. You get away. Now, you got... You said like two days maybe, right? Right. So after the first day and you're a young kid, you probably think like, hey, hey I'm cool. I'm cool. They yeah. can't figure this See out. See that? Fucking. In your head too, though, you're like, you're constantly kind of running this thing like, can they place me? Was I can't? Can Actually, they want? I, I no? don't remember thinking that. Okay. What were you thinking? You thought you were just cool. I was just like, okay. It's well, another... they would have caught me if they would have. My mind was basically reset, new day. Okay. Right. Like a goldfish. Yeah. I mean. Just, it's, just forget it's just, whatever and it's yeah, brand I mean, new. Keep it moving. Yeah, keep it exactly. So you just so you got one day of being like, ah, it's pretty good. I guess well, whatever. Yeah. That was yesterday. This is today. I woke up. Hey, I'm gonna go to work today. Right. What kind of work were you doing at that time? I was working at Food for Less. <laughs> gotcha. I was about to start my day, starting my new day uh -huh. as a as that. a meat cutter. Yeah. Okay. Dude. <laughs> okay. About right. to. About selling about them to, yeah. giant sheets of chicharrones yeah. in a box and all that shit. And so is it. I mean, I woke up to my mom coming to the door oh, shit. and she was like, the police are at the door. And I'm like, OK. And I look out my blinds. And Did I'm you like, know why they were there at that time? I was just like, OK, I was still freshly trying to wake up. Right. Got and then it. you peek out the blinds. I look out the blinds and the, the streets blocked off. The cars, oh, the cops shit. are in the front. They're already coming in through the door. And I'm like, oh, shit. And there, so there's a cul-de-sac. There's nowhere for you to go. No. And you look through the blinds and you see a. Police have blocked yeah, it all I think, up. I think the whole police department was right there. Oh, right, my right, God. Right, right, right. And next thing you know, I'm I'm back of a cop car. Uh -huh. Damn and boxers. So so at that time, did you know why they were there? Yeah. They already had said, you know, hey. And what you was your what? mom saying? My mom was just freaking out. She just like, what the fuck happened here? Right. And then <clears throat> were they cool to you because you were a kid or did they were they manhandling you? No, nah, they were cool. I mean, other than that, they were just, you know, wanting to be my friend uh, and you know, right. what happened yeah. and yeah. everything yeah. like that. Yeah. Don't worry. We know we mistakes happen and yeah. Yes. People lose their head. All you have to do is tell us the yeah. truth. Yeah. We'll work with you. So, so end up in the county jail and then it's like, okay. So wait, when they interrogate you, right? Then they got your buddy too, right? Yeah, they had my buddy and another friend of mine. So they must have come in and told you, like, listen, we already know everything. Listen, Anthony, listen, we don't want to fuck with you too much, but, like, look, we already know. Your buddy just ratted you out. We know everything. Did they run that whole game on you? They tried to do, yeah, that was yeah, something. Good like, cop, bad yeah, cop. Yeah, good cop, bad cop. They, they did do the good, good, good cop, bad cop. And then that shit didn't work on you? or No, I just like, okay, let's, let's roll with this. Let's see where it goes. Right. Right. Get an attorney. No, I got public defender. Public, public defender. defender. Yeah. Right. yeah. And you're just like, you're, they're you going to have to prove yeah. this shit. We've interviewed a lot of dudes, you know, and the public defenders don't come off too good in a lot of these stories. No, they do not. Uh, mine's <laughs> like, straight railroading me. And, truck. Yeah. Damn. Just How like long? So, so I did you're, in, you're in San Bernardino County Jail. Yes. And how long are how long are you fighting this case? How long I is that process? I didn't fight it too long because... After everything went down with the their evidence and everything, there was like twelve people, witnesses, all this stuff, and it was like, all right, we're taking a deal. What's what's saying? What's San Bernardino County Jail like? Is it a freak show? It was wild. I mean, I mean, I 
being the lifestyle I was living, I went in there and I was like, okay, look, what's what's this about? I mean, you got people fighting, you got yeah. the race wars happening at the time. I mean, just at the jail, just at the county jail, right? And so I got straight involved. I mean, I I went political. I mean, I started getting involved with all the older guys, the bigger guys, and. Because you like, realize, like, that's my best chance of fucking not getting Yeah, because you, you getting, as soon as I got in there, 18, I just turned 18. Fuck. And it's like, okay, what's going to happen now? And the older guys are like, you're never going now. Damn. That's right. it. You're, you're and you're, up, and you're, you're coming in up. on a hot one. Yeah. And, so yeah, you got exactly. a little bit of clout. They're yeah. expected, you're, you're expected to be this type of dude. Yeah. So it's like, what are you going to do? And I was just like, all right, let's just see where this goes. And that's exactly what I did. I just started going political. I took over a, a whole pod and Damn. started playing the game. Started playing the game. Damn. How long are you? So how long is this process? So take me through this. So how long are you there before you take the deal? And what's that deal looking like as they come at you? I stayed in the county jail for like about nine months. And the deal was 25 to life. Well, they, we're looking at 25 to life plus life plus life plus life. So they broke it down to 25 to life, and they ran the three life sentences for the attempted murders as one. So it was 25 to life plus life, and it was running bow-legged. Right, bow-legged. Wait, 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 what? Could, there's concurrent, there's bow-legged, there's so bow-legged. bow-legged okay, bow-legged was the 25 to life I'd do first, and then after that I start my life sentence, which was a seven to life. Wait, how do you get out of that? There, there is no getting out of that. So, like, if you do 25 to life, Let's just start with the 25 to life. Let's you got to give them like 18 without right. Well, let's put it this way. Back then, you're talking early 80s, yeah. early, early 90s, early 90s, excuse me. No one's going home. Right. That no L, one, you're stuck. You're, no, no one's going home. Right. And that's what was ingrained in me as soon as I got there. Oh, yeah, you're never going to go home, right. man. You're not getting out. You're stuck. You're, so you're, just, you're a lifer, so you're stuck no matter the what. What's the shortest amount of time, like technically, you could do on a 25 to life? I think it's, it's 18. 18. Okay, so you got 18 done, let's say, right? Because you had no problems, no write-ups, no nothing. Then what you're saying is it's bow-legged, which means that now, if you did the 18 and they agreed, like, okay, you're okay, 25. Okay, you're good. Okay, now start this. Seven to life. Yeah. And how, how much do you have to do on a seven to life before you could get out of that? I'm not really sure. I think it's like five. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tactics. But you got to remember, you still have the L yeah. attached to it. So you, it's like they can they keep, can you, keep forever. you forever. Yeah, they, I mean, can they keep don't you. have to let you go. Well, no. you could come up. These, what he's saying is after the five, you could come up for a parole hearing. But at the parole hearing, they'd be like, you know what? That's great. Go back. Give us another five for you see us. Right, right, right. Or whatever it might be. Well, I'm trying to calculate is like if you had a perfect world and, and just so people can kind of get understood. Because everyone hears these 25 to life, da 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 life, and then they hear sometimes people get out and sometimes they're still there. And what does it mean? Why, what does it matter if they run concurrently or not? You have a life sentence. So why the fuck does it matter if it's bow-legged or if they're running concurrently? Because if it's a life sentence, how can you do two lives? It's like I know a lot of people are asking that. Right. So the so what we're laying out here is that technically, you could on the first one do, you know, eighteen, eighteen, and technically on that one you could potentially that could be finished. You'd still have to do the seven to life, and on that one technically you could do eight. So technically, probably not, you know, ninety nine point nine 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 not, but technically you could do. 23, 25 on those two things and get out. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. Maybe. In a a perfect world. In a perfect world. But in the real world, you've got a life thing, so you just come up for the the parole hearing 
and they tell you to fuck off and come back in five years. Right. I think it's okay. like a 90, 90 to 95% you're not getting out. Right. But and then so, there's a very small percentage, well, we're sitting with one, that you could. Right. So that's what, the only reason why I want to lay that out is so that people can understand, like, why the fuck would you have a 25 to life and a 7 to life? And why would Anthony even say it's bow-legged or concurrent since it's both life? It doesn't matter. What the fuck is yeah, that? Like, the way they totaled it out was like, okay, you'll do 33 years to life. <clears throat> that was what... So that's the knowledge they're giving you, or 30, the information. Yeah, that was it. I mean, when you added it all, it was 32 to life. So, Damn. And I was like, okay. But my attorney telling me, the truck <coughs> telling me, okay, well, sign this plea agreement and we'll let you, they'll, they'll let you out in 22 years. And I'm like, cool. You know, so I'm that's what you're... I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, I could do that. You know, that don't look too bad. Okay. Okay. So I sign it. You sign and it. And it didn't happen that way. It ended up being something else. Went through the appeals process, got screwed on that. Mm -hmm. And she even admitted that she lied. And what? still got screwed. Yeah. Like so she see, didn't I understand. Don't think people, I don't think people understand this. So <clears throat> so Anthony and, and Lucky, they're saying like, look, the truck. And they're referring to the public defender. And it's they're called the truck because why, Lucky? Because they're dump trucks. Like a dump truck. Right. They just dump you the fuck off and that's right. it and drive off so a lot of people think of a public defender as like a guy who listens to npr and is so fucking liberal and progressive that he believes everyone deserves a chance of being innocent until proven guilty well, a lot of a lot of the public defenders they don't they just get paid chump change they're, they're not like okay well, they got their own practice and then okay we'll pick up this little charity case right quick. so like, what, uh -uh. so what they don't understand is that the, actually the public defenders most of them are actually just trying to get this shit done as fast as they can. They're not that much invested, and it's taken away from their yeah, other... Yeah, back then, San Bernardino was doing pleas left and right. They were pleading out most of their cases, like 90% mm. of their cases. So then your attorney, who's your sworn attorney, right? meaning like this person is the only thing standing between you and whatever your jail time you're right. going to do, right? That person later is like, yeah, I didn't fully understand the deal. I lied. But meanwhile, we're talking about decades of your life. Right. That's fucked up. It is. I mean, That's real fucked up. Yeah, and shit happens. But you know what? Hey, I put myself in that situation. Right. Yeah, and, there's a and, lot of people that yeah. will be like, and Some I take accountability for that now because you know what? I lived that lifestyle for so long and I I didn't care what happened to these people right. at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, what I got, I deserve. I look at it now. I deserve that. Right. Mm -hmm. And I probably deserved a whole lot more for shit that I got away with. Right, but if you had like 150 grand to put down on a real attorney, you might get Johnny Cochran out that motherfucker. Yeah, and I probably would have ended up right back or dead. Yeah, let's put it that point. way because I, I didn't learn a lesson. Right, 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 right. And at that time, you hadn't learned no, no lesson. No, I didn't. Right. Um, what was the total amount of time that you did? What, what, what did you end up giving them? I did 28 years. You did 28. 28 years. Actually, today is one year I've been out. Today is today, really today's yeah, been, a, today is my anniversary. Wow, bro! I am one year old in the world. One time, excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Hell yeah, bro. yeah! I am one that's year old exclusive. in this world. That's a hard luck show exclusive right there. I'm telling you. So, <clears throat> Anthony, you you sign off on this. You oh, sign on. Yes. Obviously, you go back to San Bernardino, and you're waiting to catch a chain to go upstate, yeah. and uh, they come pick you up, and uh, tell us, you know, I, I know my story. I know, I don't know about, you know, going away for 22 years, but 
I know about being young and being being shackled up and getting on that gray gray goose and going upstate and so not they, knowing what they got for me up there. What's uh, going to happen? I want to hear. Yeah. What? So the the bus, the fucking prison bus, comes down. They to call get it added. the we call it the, the gray, gray goose. goose. The gray goose. <laughs> and when you're a young man, you might have gone through county, but you haven't been to state prison yet. Yeah. Right. You're it's hearing all these it's stories. It's a whole different right. world. I mean, the county jail and prison is a whole different world right. because in the county jail, you got a lot of games. There's just games just being played left and right. And then when you hit the prison system, it's a whole structured kind of thing where you got rules and you, that you got to abide by. So where are you at when the Grey Goose is coming? I'm in San Bernardino County taking me to Chino, which was a reception center at the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I land in Chino. How do you get on the Grey Goose? What do they do when you go to the... Get you on get the up like about... 3.30 in the morning, mm -hmm. they stick you in a holding cell with a, about 50 other people just nut to butt sticking in there, just trying to find a spot to get a little nap. <sighs> and they, once they're ready, they start chaining you up, linking you together, and then you just get on a bus. And everybody that's getting chained together, like, you guys all know where you're going. You guys know what's going on. Is anybody trying to buck or do anything crazy? No. Everybody. There's, it's there's just, no point. just like, man, let's just get the hell out of here. And then when you, is it hard to walk chained up together? Is that hard to do? It's hard because you're stuck with your hands close to you and then your legs are shackled and then you're all connected together. So you're doing like a little penguin shuffle. Mm -hmm. Right. And you got to get up like the steps. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's it, tough moving it, around. Yeah. They got to help you up to get up on the bus. And then when you get up on the bus, you get on the bus. Now on the bus, is there like cages or like there's they the got bed? the cages for the protected custody and then you got the regular seats and you sit in there the hard part is trying to take a leak mm -hmm. yeah yeah because you gotta I mean, if you gotta you go to the back you just gotta do be really careful because <laughs> <laughs> you want to leak all over yourself right, right. right, right. that's the problem i mean but because you you're could, all it, chained up yeah you're you all chained up and you just gotta like shimmy around and everything and they make they make the seats of the bus on purpose yeah they don't want you getting comfortable and falling asleep so these seats are like you almost can't sit straight. You have to like tilt. You have to turn. You have to be like. So they want. They want. They Wait. want you to remember this trip to state prison, right? right? Hold right. on. So the seats. So are so on top of each other that you can't sit in the seat like this. There's not enough. There's no leg. There's not enough leg. You yeah. got to go like at an angle and you're shackled <laughs> and you can't even fall asleep. But and they're fucking telling you as you get on. All right. And they give you this kind of talk. They give you the speech. All you the start speech. talking, we're going to put the radio on, but if you start talking, we'll shut it off. And if you keep talking or disrupting, we're going to stop the bus and beat some ass. Yep. That's the one thing that every bus mm -hmm. that you take for the state will mm -hmm. tell you, if you disrupt and we're going to stop and beat your ass. Yep. God That's damn. one rule they always state. Yep. Yep. <laughs> God yep. damn. And the gunner will be like, if anybody should get out, Fucking dump right on your ass yeah. and leave you. One, you're one less motherfucker for us to worry about. They give the you this gunner, whole speech. Right? So you got the driver. The you driver's the, obviously encased in a cage. No one can get to the driver. He's right? way up front with right. another guard. Right. And then you got one with the shotgun way in the right back. Right in the back. Oh. And that guy just looks like he wants to shoot And somebody. they don't want any problems while they're driving. So they just give this speech. Right. Letting you know. It's the this same is what's speech up. you give on arm robbery. When you walk in, you're like, look. I don't care what house I'm in. Yeah, all that shit. Intimidation talk. Right. And then everybody's like, all right, all right, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when you get on the bus, they're like, listen, motherfucker, we'll fucking. I don't yeah. care if we have to kill everybody on this motherfucking <laughs> bus. <laughs> 
There's gonna be some peace and order. Right. Yeah. yeah. So go on, brother. Where? So where? You're on it, and you go to Chino. I go to Chino, and as soon as I touched down at Chino, it was on. I mean, I started talking with the older cats, started learning all the rules, regulations. You know, um, you do gotta they, you gotta they, learn the South Side rules. That's mm -hmm. you know. How do they as, like? How do they break you off all that? Is it just like a discussion? Like one guy pulls you aside. Well, like, whoever you're bunked with. Yeah. That's that's gonna be your teacher for a minute. Until Got it. You know, until you get out to the yard and you start talking and networking with the other fellas. Got it. And as soon as I got there that first night, they were like, hey, um, we need you guys to make some knives. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's do this. You know? So how'd you make them? With, uh, they brought some plastic and uh, we started shaving the plastic on the ground. What kind of, pl like plastic from what? I have no idea. From like windows or something. It was like a <laughs> nice, strong <laughs> plexiglass. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was strong. And, yeah. And, uh, oh, man. The tweaker in me came out. I mean, <laughs> that was on. He cried. I was like, okay, I'm going to make me a nice little <clears throat> yeah, yeah, sword. Yeah, yeah. I double-sided it and everything. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was making sure it was sharp. and I was into it. You yeah. know, I was like, okay, what else is next? What else do I learn? Right. Yeah. And, you know, it it gets broken down to you by the, the you know, as they call them, veteranos. Because I was still, yeah, and I was, because I was 18, fresh in, you know, and it's like, right. okay, it's time to learn, kid. Right. And I, w I wanted what to learn. What was the craziest thing you learned in there? Was there anything that you were like, man, that's fucking genius? Ha! <laughs> the thing, okay, uh, bringing the dope in. What do you mean? How'd okay, that well, because you have to put it up your ass. Yes, you do. <laughs> and I was like, okay, and I seen dudes bringing chunks of stuff in. I'm like, whoa. Whoa. I'm like, and that was the God shit that damn. just boggled my mind. I'm like, right. whoa. And not only that, you see guys at, at Keystream knives. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, whoa. Because I mean, <laughs> it that, has sharp points and shit on it. Yeah, like, are you cutting it's like, the inside? Oh, hell. It's like, man, what if that turns or something or, or <laughs> punctures something? You know what I mean? So you just got to be very careful. Yeah, that's the first thing I was thinking when and I was it's like, man, and these are things, and I just started tripping out on this stuff but see these are things you had to learn right I mean, these are gonna these are survival tips yep. exactly yep. and it's like okay and it, so how does a guy i mean not you right just hypothetically but like a big chunk of drugs where you're like how'd that get in there like how does somebody get something like that keistered in their ass lots of fucking hair grease lots of practice <laughs> yeah relax <laughs> you gotta relax you gotta be like oh is there like a frog squat you got to do or something? <laughs> well, you can't really get squatting too much no, in there. You, yeah. you got to keep it on the down low, man. Right. How like do you that. do that? Does a guy ever help another guy? Like say like, okay, look. I've never seen that. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I don't right. think that's, anybody else That's kind of like a, a, that's that's a, like a one story. Yeah, 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 bro. Yeah, 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 listen, yeah. that's why I keep it hypothetical. If he's helping you out, there's a lot more <laughs> yeah, going on to it. Listen, that's why I always keep it hypothetical because we talk to a lot, of, a lot of prison dudes and it's very rare that a prison dude will actually be like, well, actually, yes, there was a guy who was helping me <laughs> with my like, ass. Nobody has ever had help. No, Everyone's always no. like, no, no, no. Bro, I need you to push this in. Yeah, yeah. All right, so... All right, so you get in there, and you get in there, and, and you're already you're like, all right, it's kind of like an evil Boy Scouts. I'm learning how to make knives. I'm and learning how to make knives, right. learning the rules, you right? Know, because it's your race against theirs, right? But this is in China. This is in China. Right. This is basically like the training grounds, right? This is where you're gonna learn all your things because in the county jail you're not learning nothing, right? Because some a lot of guys might not, not they're, they're bouncing out, back yeah, out. they're bouncing in and out, and yeah, it's yeah. all that. Once you get into, the, that's why a lot of guys when they come back to court from the state, they're like, man, fuck this place, I want to go back to the state. Right, you're gonna like it better there. You, you'll love it there. It's better. You don't have all these games and all that stuff. 
And that's why they rather be there than the county jail. Got it. So being there in, in the state, I mean, it was it was a different experience because, you know, there was respect. There was a mutual respect for others. There was courtesy. There was rules. It wasn't a free for all. It wasn't a free for all. Got it. And basically, you know, because you bump into somebody in the county jail and it's on a crack. And I mean, the state, you get bumped or something like that. You're just like, excuse me, mm-hmm. because if you don't get that, excuse me. Then, then, then there's it's going, the whole then yard it's going can down. go off. Yeah, yeah, the whole yard could go. Yeah, because Steve, because Steve and Diablo, Lucky and Diablo, they were talking about the Twin Towers, L.A. County Jail. And they right. were saying like, on the the giant tanks were like small little crazy towns where there was like robbing over here and fucking killing whatever over here and over here. He was saying that the the L.A. County Jail was fucking nuts. Yeah, Free well, for all. Yeah, County Jail. The county jail when I was there, there was a tank called Jumping Jay. And when we what we used to do is on Friday nights, we'd get the bunks, put them in a circle, <laughs> and have little fights. Mm-hmm. We had our own MMA. Like an octagon. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, an yeah. octagon. Did. Yeah. And that, thinking back, it's like we had our own MMA in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, that's entertainment. That would be, yeah. that would be so much better than UFC, dude. <laughs> fucking Jumping Jay with the fucking circle of beds. <laughs> so you go from Chino. And uh, where are they saying you, I bro? end up at Folsom, old Folsom, level Johnny four. Cash oh, Johnny Cash Folsom. Johnny Cash Folsom. Yeah, and that was back when it was level four. Yeah, level four. Johnny Cash Folsom. So what's Early Folsom? 90s. What's that like? That place, when I drove up, I'm like, what the hell? That looks like a castle, yeah, right? it does. I Dungeon. Mean, and I was like, where in the hell are they taking me? And I was like, wow, this place is a trip. And I mean, you got the five-story tiers. I mean, it looked like the projects. Right. I mean, yeah. and I'm just tripping out. You got... People running around like, hey, man. What a prison to like, roll up to for the first like, time. Yeah. And, iconic. And it's, it's, it's iconic. weird because where I ended up at, when they take you to Fish Row, Fish Row's are the brand new guys coming in. Because new guys are called fish. Yes. Got and what ain't, dude, what is, is it, like in the movies, dude, you always see people are like, the Fish Row, and they come in, and all the guys are like, Rah! yelling. Is that true? No, nah, you get some guys that do that shit. But, I mean, but, but it's, it's not like nah, that. it's dude. not really like that. <laughs> And the row I ended up with was a bunch of us 18-year-olds. It was a bunch of us youngsters that were just lined with up the on gang, With a gang of time. With a gang of time. All of us washed up. Back then, right. we called it. We just washed, washed up. up. Yep. And Man, it was cool. And, like we, a pr- and we basically castle. just um, hung out with each other and talked and just basically, this, this is how we're going to do things. And then we had the older guys coming by, giving us you know, what the get down was, mm-hmm. looking out for us. Um, and I was like, man, this is kind of cool. Because, and I want to explain this to people, it, because for one, <clears throat> when you're that young, you're going in on your first term, you, the reason you're going to a level four yard, yeah. you only get to a level four yard because your points are high. Yeah, and, and your po- case. And your case, right. So you're going there more than likely for a murder, okay? A hot you're one. young, a hot hot one, one. and you're young. And you're going to be there for a while, and you're either with the program or you're not. And if you're with the program, like these guys were, that, to the old timers, to the dudes who are running the place, this is a precious commodity. These young dudes are the dudes that they're going to hand everything off. These are really the guys that are going to make it happen. We are the future of the South Side. Exactly, bro. That's how it went down. And these guys are valuable. And that's why the old dudes are coming, making sure they're getting schooled, making sure they get what you want, because that's that's really the meat and the muscle of all of it, is these young dudes. That, they're not going anywhere, you know? So yeah. these are valuable. These, these are looked at as valuable assets to the, uh, the overall movement, you know? 
Yeah, so we're the new so soldiers. We're the new, new soldiers. soldiers. Exactly. Right. So they got to come in. They got to groom you. They got to take care of you a little bit. They got to yeah. bring you in line. Exactly. They got to straighten you out. Show us what's going down. Let us know what's happening on that yard because every yard is different. Right. So, they, you know, they give you the, where their boundaries are, where we hang out, where they hang out. This is who you watch out for. This is what you do. Stuff like that. I mean, it's First it all breaking First night in Folsom, down. are you able to sleep? No, because... Everywhere you go, this is how it goes. For me, it's, this has been my experience. It's probably your experience. As soon as you get there, you meet your Sally, and then it's on. You make a shot of coffee, you make that strong <laughs> John Wayne shot. You're up all night. And you're up all night just yep. chopping it up yep. all night. Yep. You know, yep. hey, yep. man, you know, this is my get down, what's your get down. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, and so you're up all night. Yeah. And just drinking coffee all night. Did you ever have a, so was your Sally cool? Or did you ever have a weird Sally? Yes. I've had a weird Sally. What's had, the weirdest Sally you the ever The weirdest had? Sally I had was a straight J-Cat youngster. What does that mean, J-Cat? And he was crazy. He was off his rocker. This dude, I walked in there, and he had nothing. <laughs> he had nothing literally in his locker. And everybody used to tell me, this dude is crazy, man. Be careful. You know, he's off. You know, he flushed down the toilet, all his shit. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell they got me going to, right. man? And as soon as I got in there, and I, he he's in there and i'm like look dude i heard your get down <laughs> i go i'm turning on my tv you can watch tv whatever you need you, hey you need some soap what you need i got you because you're the crazy one yeah and i'm just trying to fill him out and i go <clears> look <throat> man i go if you need it let me know i go but if you touch my shit or do anything to my shit i go what's on mm. right and that's how I, that was my first conversation with this dude i go so hey tv's on have at it what did he and, say and he was like okay and he was like, I go, do you need anything? He goes, can I have a bar of soap? I remember that conversation real deep. Can I have a bar of soap? Sure, man. Hey, you can have two. Right, hey, keep them happy. You know what I mean? Just yeah. so he don't get yeah, all yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. with me. I was like, and, but that night was hard to sleep because I was like, man, what's going to happen? Because he's there. And that's where I literally seen it. He's there rocking, watching TV, just laughing his ass off. And there ain't nothing funny <laughs> on. There's nothing funny on. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got a lot of here. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. sleeping uh -huh. my back to the wall. Right. Yeah, just like, he's like eyes open. He like, goes, he goes, he goes, yeah, so fucking Anthony sitting there. He like, Anthony wakes up and he sees his cell. He's having a good time and laughing. He's like, you know what? He's not that crazy. Then he looked at the TV and it was off. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And, but as soon as I got out, I told the cop, man, I go, you got to get me out of there. Yeah. You got to get me out of there. Did I they get you do. out of there? Then I stayed there for a couple of days and then they moved me out. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, that was the wackiest cell I've had, man. I was like, yeah, I, I'm cool. Yeah. So, and then in Folsom, and now Folsom's the second oldest prison. I'm just seeing this yeah, right here. It's like yeah. the same 1880s. They used they to hang people there. Fuck. It's like literally like a fucking castle, like it a is. dungeon. Yeah, I'm looking at it's the picture. Based, it looks like it's it. basically built with nothing but granite rock. Right. Granite rock. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. I lived in those old cells where it's just granite rock. That's and when the power goes out. It's pitch black in there. Fuck. And you have you ever been in there when it got pitch yeah, black? Yeah, I have. And I. What do you I, do? You just chill. You just chill. I mean, what can you do? I right. mean, you need like a lighter. You need some mm -hmm. kind of fire. You need some kind of light in there. Right. I mean, because it's literally you can't see your hand in front of your face. It's it's a trip. What's the loneliest you ever were when you were doing your time? Like, what's the loneliest where you're at the point where you're just like, man, this really does. Because at some point you say you're like a kid and you're kind of like just learning the ropes and doing whatever. But at what point does it finally hit you like, whoa, my life is just fucking blown up? 
I would have to say that was 2002, and it literally was. 2002, I just caught my last case inside. I was pick, I picked up two cases while I was doing my time. Got it. This last case I picked up for a possession of a weapon. I went to the hole, and I was like, you know what? How, how, this th- is 2002, so how long have you been down? I already now? had, shoot, since 90, so 12 okay. years. Okay, got you. And I was like, Man, what the hell is going on here, man? And Which, I literally, and, and you think when you go to prison, you hit rock bottom, but right, you haven't. Right, right, right. right but right, why right. was it this time that you did? Because I was finally like to the point where things were changing inside the system. What does I mean, that mean? The whole structure of what your beliefs were, what the what the the group's belief were, right, were sh- basically going away. Um, the loyalty, the dedication, oh. the values of what we believed in were going away. Sort of and like what you see happening sometimes, like what they say, what happened with the uh, with the mob or whatever. Where it's like at one point there's like kind of a there's a, a structure, whole, exactly. there's a loyalty, and then at some point it just it all kind of melts away. Yeah, exactly. And now you believed in this thing, and now right. it's not there for yeah. you. Yeah, and because it, it it came to me when I picked up the, the possession of a weapon because somebody told on me. One of the the homies had told on me. And that was like, you know what? That ain't supposed I'm to happen. cool, man. You know what? And this dude was like, he was still on the yard. Everybody was still all on this dude's dick and everything. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm cool. I don't need this shit. I'm tired of being someone else's puppet. That was the whole thing. I got tired of being a puppet. Right. Sacrificing your shit yeah. for somebody else. I mean, because I was doing my dirt for the cause for a reason that I thought was good and right. was taught to me. Right. So I thought I was doing good. And then when you start seeing it break down and it starts dwindling and you see shit like that, it's like, you know what? What the fuck am I doing this for? Yeah, what was all this for? And that's what it was. What was all this for? And I was just like, you know what? I'm cool. I'm going to try and start doing me now. You know what, man? You see that like a lot with soldiers in the American Army. Like, there's a point in time when the soldier's like, yeah, I'm fighting for something. It's like, fucking Al-Qaeda just blew up fucking New York. Yeah, I'm going to go over there. And then there's a turning point where sometimes you're like, wait a second. I'm defending oil. You know, we're working with certain people that we said we would never work with because they injured us. And now here we are working with them. I'm the one. The colonel's not doing it. The general's not doing it. The major's not out here on the front lines dying. Right. I am. Right. Yeah, and you lose that. You lose, you just. So you start saying, you know what, I got to start doing me. I got to start yeah. looking at Hold my on. life. So what's it like being in the hole at Folsom? Because like in the movies. You no, know, well, you got to understand, this was already, two th- I was already gone from Folsom. Moved to a new prison. Yeah. Oh, where'd I you mean, go? I mean, things change, everything. Where'd I, you go? I was in Ironwood. Man, that just uh, sounds tough. Well, oh. it's in the middle of oh, the desert. desert's hot as fuck. Yeah, I actually like the desert prisons i mean i like why? hot weather. why is that i like hot weather i like <laughs> when i could just walk around in my boxers all day long. and it ain't it cold just, and it's no i hate cold weather is that considered a high desert is it considered a high desert no high desert was like high desert high desert um, okay so this is just desert this is just straight yeah. desert imperial valley the middle of nowhere yeah because when it's cold dude i mean like if you jump 
from a certain height and your feet are cold, like it hurts. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I've been in. The, I yeah, hate cold too. Before. Yeah, I, I mean, well, you got to figure some prisons where you're at, it's, it snows over there, and if something goes down, you got to lay down in the snow, oh, the dirt, that. the fuck rainy God. water, yeah. and it's yeah. like prone yeah. out. I mean, really? Fuck God, like Wisconsin. <laughs> you imagine fucking face down in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, I was December. in. This, I, I was face down in the snow in fucking Susanville, yeah, Alaska yard. You know? Yeah, oh, bro. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh God. Go, but go. On, go on. Okay, wait, so what's it like being in the hole at Ironwood? It was, I mean, because in the movies, like what you. Well, see you got to like, figure. In the past, the hole was fun. I mean, because I was in and out of there for so long, just going in and out for shit I did. And this time, it was just different. I was like, man, what the hell? I mean, my my epiphany of what was happening now. I mean, okay, it was it was what it was, but I was still. It was it was hard to get out. Yeah, it's still hard to get out. So you know. In the hole, it's a whole different thing. You know, you got a better structure than the yard. Right. And so I was still doing my dirt. Um, and I was all right with it. I was all right with it because I was still in the fold. But, you know, I, I know I wanted to figure my shit out for right. myself. And, you know, to pass your time, all you do is work out, read. And all I did was draw. What was the was best it. thing you read? Oh, man. In the hole? Whenever. Like Whenever. Because like, a lot of times people, when they get out, they just watch a lot of TV. No one reads anything. So one of the, if you could say there was a positive about prison, one of the positive is, is that you got a chance to read. There was a book by Viktor Frankl. I can't remember. The name of the book is not coming to me. But here was a man who was part of um the holocaust and he's in prison at auschwitz and he's oh victor frankel yeah frankel. frankel that's um that's a great book and it's got the little pigeon on the front of it yeah uh, and he's the guy that becomes a doctor yes yeah bro god that, i can't that think that's a book because he, he survivor victor, victor frankel frankel yeah I'm bro he right breaks now. down basically gratitude for life yes to the moment, even even in prison, even where he man was at, man search for meaning. Yes, there man search for That's meaning. That's book. a. That I book, just recommended that book to that somebody. That book freaking blew my mind. Yeah, open your eyes. Guy is and it it literally states the hunter are the prey. And as soon as I went into prison, I was the hunter. I wanted to be the hunter. I did not want to be a victim. Right. So that's why I grasped onto what I did. Right. Those belief systems. Right. And. You do, you do make other people pray. Right. That's the thing. And that's where my mind was it's for many, many years. And right. even after 2002, I still played the game. Right. Uh, because it was survival. I wanted to survive. I didn't want to go out backwards. I didn't want to go to no PC yard. I didn't want to do all that. I wanted right. to stay with, I wanted to stay on the fence. That was the thing. I was straggling the fence of, do I want to do right or do I want to still hang out with the homies? Right. And it, for a long time, that's what the struggle was. Right. Because it still was Hunter or Prey in there. Right. But that book was amazing because it, it is about finding gratitude. It is, bro. Even in the smallest things, even in a prison. This yep. man was in a in a war prison. He was in a concentration, concentration camp. Exactly. Yep. And he was a the Jewish shit dude he's seen. In, Vienna, in Vienna during World War II. Yeah. Now, 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 listen. We gotta think about this for a second. I mean, he's seen some shit. 
Oh, in his book, bro, he, the motherfucker, there's motherfuckers dying next to me. I have to yeah. sleep to him to be warm. Listen, and, and like, so I'm not saying all the circumstances that led uh, guys like you guys or whoever to prison here. I'm not saying that they're all totally within your fault because, like, you know, there's socioeconomic factors and all this other stuff. But to a certain extent, right, it was a part of whatever actions you guys took. Of course. Anyway. But imagine being of a race. Right, you didn't. That guy didn't do anything wrong. Right, to be where he's at. Yeah, exactly. and imagine that. And and it's a kind of prison where people are dying, or they're making lampshades out of your skin. It's way yeah. out of whole way, other yeah. any, But the thing is, is he can find gratitude in which, things that in are that, there. So that puts a guy like us reading it like, like holy man, shit, I got nothing to fucking complain I, I, about. I got nothing to exactly. That's right. why that book's so powerful, bro. Right. Okay. Because so, my circumstances is nothing compared to what this. Man, is. here's so the thing, bro. Here's the thing is that and i'm gonna just say this real quick a guy especially a guy like him can yeah. get in a place like dude ain't nobody facing what i'm facing i got this motherfucker like nobody's got to do this i do so it's gonna take a message with that much weight and depth that fucking deep to penetrate right right a guy like you to crack because that nut. he's already a guy where 99.9 percent of society can't relate to him he's got it worse than all them yeah, who's gonna so tell him who's gonna top his story and you that gotta go, you gotta go to an Auschwitz uh, exactly. Jewish guy exactly and that's why it has so much weight that story because then it puts you in a place like well fuck I'm not dealing with that yeah. I don't have to deal with that right most definitely that wow. weight right there was like huh <laughs> that was that's, that's the light bulb. Like, yeah, exactly. Huh. If, he if you let it be, yeah. Who who, he who, who hit you? Who told you about that book? I was doing a group, and somebody just mentioned the book, and I'm like, eh, let me. I haven't read in a while. It, I haven't been to the hole in a while because that was the only time I really read was I was in the hole. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Let me check this book out. You were doing a group. What's a group? Um, it's just a self-help group. You just take a group inside. It's all right. So you chop up the time a little bit. You do groups, talk yeah. about this, that somebody in there mentioned, read this book, read this book. And I was like, I'll give it a shot. No. And shit. I read the book and I was like, but like literally, you know how they do that. Yeah. That's right. what happened. My freaking mind just went, man. Can you and imagine the chance of that though? Like, think about that. So Anthony's in there, he's doing his deal, he's doing a group, somebody mentions the book. Now, the chances that, for whatever reason, Anthony's like, that yeah, he reads I'll, a book. I, yeah, like, <laughs> I'll take the man's search, oh, I'll, I'll read that. The chance, like, that's such a chance thing for you to have that epiphany. Let me tell you something. It's almost scary. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I'm not going to take us off travel, I'm going to keep us on the same track. <clears throat> years back, you know, years back, when I finally lost everything in addiction, I had to leave. I had to go up north to uh, Health Right 360 because I had a friend that's a vice president. I didn't have anywhere to go, and he was the one that was like, I'm going to put you in treatment. You can come up here on a Greyhound. I'm going to put you in treatment, and you're going to be here a while, so bring a bag with you, right? Hmm. So I get in there. But as I'm in treatment, doing six months of residential treatment, right away they assign me a therapist, right? right? And so as I start seeing this therapist on a regular basis, I'm in there, and you got to remember, dude, I've flushed, I'll tell you about my life at some point, but I've, I've flushed down every opportunity. I no longer have my kids in my life. I don't have any friends. I'm now in a city where I know nobody, and I have nothing, and I'm on GR, and I'm living in a treatment facility, right? right? So as I'm seeing this therapist, and I'm about to turn 50, so I'm like talking to this therapist, and I'm like, 
He's talking to me, and it's like, I got a real sad story. <laughs> right? Like, everything's crumbled, and he's trying and, to give and, me and, every and, reason and, to rebuild my life. This right. Is not and, and, and by the way, Anthony, when he says that you flush everything down, like, it's not just a normal man's opportunities. It's Lucky. Lucky's had crazy—he's worked with celebrities. He's had clothing line. I mean, the guy's had— Major opportunities, major dope, beautiful trucks that cops even the whole homes, thing. everything. Yeah, like yeah, I was yeah. the poster so boy for getting out of prison too well. Yeah, I burned it down. So I'm <laughs> a little bit bummed out, right? Just <laughs> right. a little bit, right? And about to turn fifty, and feeling blue. We're feeling a little bit blue, right? And so my therapist is great, great therapist. He's like, we're talking, and he's like, he's trying to get me to see that this is an opportunity that I'm alive today, and that there's an opportunity to build, and I'm stuck on this. I'm fucking in a city. I don't know. I can't even talk to my kids. I fucked it all up. And so he was the one who recommended this book, bro. And I'm telling you, that book, this I had I didn't have to be in a life sentence. That book hit me and met me right where I was at. And I say gratitude, bro, because that book sparked me starting to take steps in my life and realize, no, as long as I'm breathing, my life's not over. As long as I'm breathing, I've still got opportunity. The same way that fucking that dude did. The same mindset, man, that I could. I'm not dead yet. I'm still here. So there is a way. There is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, because I know exactly what you mean because I, with the life sense, I never thought I was getting home. Right. I was done. I was going to be in there. But it made me look at things different look i'm in a miserable fucking place with a bunch of people who are also miserable i want to find some kind of joy for me right i don't care what everybody else is feeling but i just want to feel at peace about myself and that's what it started making me do feel gratitude it it is i mean okay i'm alive yeah i'm i'm in a shithole but i'm alive man and what am i gonna do now with my life right so that's when i started like okay so what did you do I started taking more groups and more groups and I started learning about my shit because I was like a puzzle that you just buy and it's all in pieces. And you I like, wanted to put all those pieces back together. So you and so right, that makes total sense. So you're like you're like what? Like 30? Yeah. And you're about 30 and all of a sudden the light goes on, the light goes on group. finally. Right. And so what was like for you after after the book having been the epiphany? What for you in your personal history was the epiphany where you're like, holy, f like an, uh, uh, some question was actually answered? I'm going to have to say my faith um, because a tragic thing happened. Like, I didn't get to tell you about this earlier because before at 11, my brother died. So here's was something that that crushed me, that made me go on the sick one and not care about stuff. How old was I mean, how old was he? He died when he was two and a half years old. And you were 11? I was 11 when he died. So. And how did he die? He had brain damage. And so from Wait, his from birth, from his birth, he needed a caregiver, all that. He brother. was born with brain he damage. He was born with brain damage. So basically me and my mom were his caregiver. Every, we, he needed care 24-7. So here's me pouring all my heart and soul into somebody. You felt deeply. Yes. It? And when he was taken, I was like, you know what? Screw this, you know, because we back then I was raised up in, in a Christian faith. And I was like, you know what, God, screw you. You did this to my brother. You took him from me. You could have healed. You could do all things, but you couldn't help him. Right. So 
that was that was the starting point. That was the catalyst of how everything snowballed. Right. Because After I was that, already, it's like, yeah, I don't care. Like what what's the point of caring? Exactly. I put my love and attention, faith into this person who means a lot to me, my brother. I love yeah. my brother. And I see my mom. My caring. little baby brother. Yeah. And has, I see my mom pouring her heart, you know, right. her heart into this. Praying, thing. praying, prayers, Struggling, all that. everything. I mean, and, and we're doing the right thing. We're taking right. care of somebody who needs help. And this brother's innocent. Like, what did he do? Right. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. He was just a baby. A man. And, and then he's gone. Yeah. How did your mom react to that? It crushed her. I mean, it crushed her. It, she went into a shell. It crushed her and. Ah, um, I went my way, she went hers, and that, that's right. the thing. Right. Because we right. had a tight, tight right. relationship, right. and that just we just went our separate ways. So this is bringing your, that into yeah, view now. Into view now. I mean, because once I started getting my shit together, it was yeah. like, okay, I know where I was, and it was like, okay, let me try and find my faith again, and that's what I did. I mean, I started, I started talking to god again and you know what shit started happening wait what what is the because what's the first con what's the feeling that you have when you start trying to pick up that phone line again because it's got to feel weird it did i mean because i was like what do i do now i mean because i was already that's you gotta understand i was already hitting rock bottom and in, in 2002 and that's when i started like you know what? hey god you know what? what's up i mean here i am Let's basically, I need some help because mm -hmm. I can't do this alone mm -hmm. because I was going to groups and all that stuff. You know, everything's about religion. I mean, finding that higher power. So right. it was about me trying to get back into a higher power that I already had discarded a long right, time ago. Right, right. And so it was getting back into my faith. And then once I started doing that, things started changing in my life while inside. I mean, I started hanging around different people. I started meeting new people that were in a positive direction that were coming in from the streets that were helping me out to gain knowledge about my own stuff and just giving me the knowledge to help others and wanting to reach out to others. Man, that's interesting because, you know, basically what, what, what we're hearing is, and, and you know, <clears throat> this is what's so important about, you know, philosophy. This is what's so important about beliefs. This is what's so important about like what your your view of reality is and who you think the authority is and what do you think the rules are. Like I don't think human beings don't pay enough attention to just how crucial that is because what Anthony's telling us if you're listening what Anthony's telling us is that he had a belief system. You know? And then when his brother and his mom were just decimated by this fucking tragic event that mm -hmm. had no explanation. Right. Right? He changed that. He gave that belief system back. He right. said, fuck that. And he went in another direction, a completely different set of values and beliefs. And it isn't until he's chased that belief system to its final end, mm -hmm. right, which is in the prison where he's getting ratted out by people who are supposed to have his back. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the whole thing. You're not going to be a rat. Then you fucking now you're in busted again. And that guy's still out there doing blah, 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 blah. At that point, that's another event where Anthony's letting us know, like, okay, my belief system and values at that time for that thing 
was then shattered because like, I realized now that's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. And it's melting away. I thought that was, and that's what's leading you back now. You, and the other answer to life. Right. Right. Is to let me give this a try again. It, let me go back to this. He had one answer. It seemed to fail him. He went to the next answer. He chased it all the way down, and then eventually that failed. Yeah. That belief system that I was the smartest person I knew went away. Because and I and even that authority, whatever authority at the time right. that you were thinking like, okay, this is why I'm in a cause. Yeah. Right? Because causes sometimes can replace like your order of what's real in reality. Exactly. Right? And even that cause at a certain point started to fail. You're right. like, oh, okay, it's not really working out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. And he's coming back to another. That's, Steve, dude, when, when you asked me for that book. So, so Steve's like, dude, I want to learn a little bit more about you know, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. Da, da, yeah, da. and I chased education. That was one thing I, I mean, back in the day, you know, school was there. I went to school, so dope. I liked school because it was a girls there. Right. Girls there and customers. That was it. And I could pass all my party flyers and we could do our thing. Right. But now it was like a whole new concept, like education, man. Why not chase education and learn stuff? Right. I mean, after I started learning about myself, started chasing education as right. well. Um, got to the point where I got three degrees. I mean, I never in, thought that. In at prison. Ironwood? No, I just in various prisons. What know, degrees did you get? I got a I got a business degree. I got a arts and humanities and a social behavioral science. Awesome. And it was I something I never thought I would have done. Yeah. I mean, I never thought, you know, education was for suckers. What was suckers. the most surprising thing you, know? you learned about arts and humanities? Like, was there anything in there that you were like, man, I, I'm glad I did this because I would have never fucking... No, because I did... Arts and humanities was cool because it's about the arts of other t- cultures. Yeah. I mean, just the history of their arts. Was there anything surprising to you about that? Like, no, were because you like, the I was, Japanese are crazy. No. <laughs> I was always into Egyptian art and that, I just... I, I love loved that. Egyptian art. I remember as Why? a kid... Because as a kid, my mom turned me on a Tutan Common. <laughs> that, that, that was the big tour back that, then. Back, then, back as a kid. Yeah. Right, yeah. So ever since then, you know, I remember as a kid, I used to draw Egyptian stuff and everything and all that stuff. So it was just like. Did you watch that movie, uh, Stargate? I love Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> course, yeah. I, I mean, I'm a sci fi, you know, Star Wars kid. You know, that's me. Um, I love that. But that Arts and Humanity was good because I draw. And it was just like learning about other cultures and how they came about and doing their cultural art. And then, so, so you, so you have this epiphany, you're building, you're learning and broadening. At what point, I mean, you still at this time probably don't think like, yeah, I'm not really getting out. No, I've, I never thought it would because you figured, I mean, early 2000s, mid 2000s, I mean, no one's still going home. You never heard anybody going to board. You never heard of anybody going home. So it was, it was never a topic of conversation. So when did that change for you? It changed in 2015 when the laws started changing. People, the, the rumor mill, a lot of it was all rumor mill. You know, okay, they're coming out with these new laws. I mean, um, youth offender laws, they started with the 260 that came out where, you know, juveniles are starting to get dates and all that stuff. Let me just say this out so that everybody's clear on that. What that law that he's talking about is a law where doctors and politicians, they got together and they were proving the fact that I think it's 25, 25. So under 25, you commit this crime. If you're under 25, your brain, your front lobe is not fully developed. Right. So you are not really responsible for the decision. You're you're not making making a fully conscious decision. So, so Anthony at 
18, you know, 18 making, committing this crime, when that law comes into place, he falls under the category of possibly somebody who might be, might f- fall within this, this law. He might have action because now they're re-looking at their cases and their sentences and saying, we can't give this guy life without. You get what I'm fair. saying? Yeah, it's because not they fair. had prisons where you had 16, 17-year-olds coming in with life without lifers. And uh, the 260 charging law. Charging them as adults. Yeah, and the 260 <clears throat> law came in and they were getting dates. They were letting them go home. Now, so when you're hearing a rumor mill, and I mean, you must have thought of, by the time you're even hearing a rumor mill, there must have been, you must have had all kinds of different fantasies at various times where it's like, oh, there was a problem in the paperwork. It turns out you can get out. No, so I, by now you, you've probably been like, I'm not getting out. When the rumor, how long does it take for you to maybe start to think like, hey, I might actually get out. No, well, see, that's when everybody started talking about, oh, the next law is a 261, where they're if you're 23 and under, mm-hmm. um, they're going to start giving you dates and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. I'm like, right. come on. I could understand the 18 and under. Right. But it's like 23, you know, come on. Yeah. It's never going to happen. I mean, rumor mill. Right. And you get a lot of rumors about all kinds of laws and all that stuff. And I go, you know what? I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> And then I seen it. I seen people getting um, chronos. We call them chronos. The paperwork telling them, okay, you're eligible for a parole date on such and such date. And and I was like, whoa, I might actually have a chance. And this is after your change in faith. Right. I'm so already, are you I'm already, I'm already. You're already on the path. I'm already on the path. I'm already facilitating groups. I'm. Before Multiple you even knew that, now, you could get listen, yeah, bro. Now, 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 here, now, there's some. Now, here, then, here's what's powerful about it: is you have a lot of these guys that are finding out about this information still in the game, and once they actually see it, like he says he saw it, now they're like, "Wait a minute." I'm going to start changing yeah, now. I got to so flip the script here. I, right. Now I've got to right. change because I, I want to qualify. And to qualify for this, you've got to do a bunch of things, shit. dude. But he's saying he's already on this page right. when he's getting this information. On the natural. He don't need to flip over. He's, he's got already. already he's, got, he's got already organically built in. Right. Go he ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Um, okay. Let, let's. I'm, I'm not perfect. Mm. What? I'm not perfect. I am not. I, I do <laughs> not walk on water. Stop it. But you know, at that point, I was I was pretty much on a path. I was on a good path. I right. mean, I was doing. I was working. I was school. I was doing groups. I was facilitating groups. And once that thing, that law kicked in, I was like, man, this is my shot. Right. And I focused full blast on it. I started right. tightening up everything I needed to do. I got my slip. I got a, a friend of mine who went home, hooked me up with an attorney, um, and this man helped me to develop and tighten up my game. I went to my first board in 2016. Fuck. And I didn't do so well because I had I, I slipped. I mean, I got into it with the cop, right, uh, in the chow hall. What's my, it like going up on the board? It oh, it's it's. It's like a the worst job interview ever. Oh. I mean, because these people have heard so much shit stories. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you can't you can't pull the wool over these people. They they know they smell it a mile away. And you basically gotta come and sell yourself to these people. That's what it is. You're selling yourself right. to convince these people to say, Okay, I think you're all right. I think I can trust you to go out. And any little slip up, 
that's it. They don't. You're a liar. Well, how you your whole story, any slip up is your whole. How do they your run whole lifestyle? It? So do they let you go up and they go, okay, Mr. Anthony, tell us what happened. Tell us why we should let you out. And you go, listen, I've been fucking before even two sixty. <laughs> they want to know. No, I've heard a lot they, of livers. They want to hear what happened. They want to know your story. They want to know, okay, how did you get from point A to point B? So how did you get from your childhood to commit the worst crime imaginable? How did that go about? And you got to pinpoint all that shit in between i so mean you, you really you gotta know your you, stuff you understand the cause and effect you, exactly you gotta know what happened what led you there it's insight they call it insight insight into your life what were you like then and how have you changed your life now did you turn over a new leaf exactly. and if you're coming up if you've got a story that you're trying to s- if you're trying to maneuver at all, bro, you already fucked up. Yeah, because they they know. They They've know, bro. Everything. Here's the deal: either you've done the work to get to this place where you're clear, or you haven't. You can't run game on. You them. cannot no. run game, bro. Because it all comes out in the end. They got. I mean, there's three of them. Yeah. There's three. While well, there's wait the commissioner and then the deputy commissioner. There's two. And they're. Like eyeballing each other, you know, taking notes, passing notes back and forth, looking at the computer. They got your whole history right there. Yeah. So any little lie you tell them, that ruins your credibility at all. Let, let me say this. There was a story about a brother from Long Beach who committed a murder. And when he committed the murder, he, uh, he, the way that it went down was he laid in wait for somebody. And as they were coming... That's like the worst you can do. Okay, he's laid in wait, and they gave him life without, okay? He wasn't getting out. But then he has action through, I think it might be the senior citizen or something. And so he's got to go to board, and he goes to board. And, and the case was, as he laid in wait, he unscrewed the light so that he was in the dark, dark when this right. person came. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. As he goes to board for the first time, he's telling him, no, I didn't unscrew the light. Ah. Oh. They denied him. They shot him back for yeah. another June. He goes back up the board a couple years, and he cannot say that he <laughs> unscrewed that <laughs> light. And they shoot him down again. Now he's got all these people helping him work on his case, working on right. getting on the board. Are you saying that this is something in him yet that he's not even willing to admit to? He's exactly. not willing to admit to it. And so, but now on the second time that he's going to board, he's got all these people helping him. Yeah. Okay, you got to do this. You got to do this. He's doing all the classes. All the groups got clear. And then he gets shot down again. Well, now all the people that have worked with him are like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, man? And finally, he gets honest to one of them. And he's like, I mean, they fucking, they don't know. They're fucking, and, and they're like, dude, are you fucking kidding? That's why they're not letting you out. Right. Because you fucking won't fucking admit, right? He, and finally, after like, I guess it was like six years or something, they call him to warn and he says to him, I unscrewed, I unscrewed it, man, so that he couldn't see me when he walked up. So he, on some level... He got, paro- he got paroled, man, and it was all about this one yeah, little thing. Yeah, because they want thing. you to take accountability, accountability, responsibility for what you did. And right, but the way Lucky's telling that story, it, it sounds like the guy, like, like the guy himself, like in himself, wasn't quite ready to fully be like, you know what, I really did plan that murder. Yes, yeah. and that's going to... And whether they could prove it or not, they knew. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, I didn't mean to take us off track. No, but because it's uh, because when they tell you, when you go to board, they tell you everything that we read and everything that we have, we count it as true. Right. 
So if you veer from that story, then you're wrong. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Man. So, okay. So how many times did you have to go up before you got out? I went up twice. My first one I got denied. I went, I got a three-year denial. And I, you know, I mean, I took that as, you know what, I, I screwed up because I had got this right. I got into it with the cop. Right. I took that. I bit that. That was my fault. Completely my fault. But they also told me I had entitlement issues and I did, you know, <laughs> shit, it was for me, you know, um, and I dealt with that. So when I went to my next board, I was on point. I mean, I. My, my attorney, me and him talked a lot. We got into it with conversation and everything. I had a really good attorney on Joseph Magazine. He, um, this man was incredible in helping me to really see a lot of the stuff that I couldn't see. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to my next board, um, even when they said it, we're going to grant you parole, I didn't believe it. I, I seriously didn't believe it. He nudged me and like, did you hear what they said? Basically. And I'm just like, holy shit. When, when does it finally hit you that, yeah, you really are going home? I, once I stepped out of that room, I was just like, wow, this is real. Did you cry? I did. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Because I never thought, I was never supposed to come home. Never. I mean, here was someone who had a 25 to life plus life, picked up two more cases in prison, which I would have to do after the second life, and then you do another, I would have to do another two, another eight. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? screw it i'm never going home but i was going to find joy so for me to get that was like wow this is reality now i'm going to mm -hmm. go home and yeah i i cried tears of joy man i hugged my attorney i was like yeah, dude yeah thank you man i owe this a lot to you because and then he helped me tighten up everything i needed to do because was your mom still around my mom is still around my parents are still around did she wow. come and get you she did come and get me. Wow. What, what was that like? That man? was something. I mean. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So what, up. So you've got like a, 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 how many, you've got a certain amount of time that the governor can overturn this you shit, You got correct? 120 for the board to review your stuff. Right. For them to say, okay, we made a mistake. Uh -huh. And then you got another 30 days. After my 120, I went to my counselor's office and I was like, hey, man, um, what's going <laughs> what's on up, here? Right? What's going on here? That's got to be the most nerve-wracking 120 days, yeah, though, so isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, but once <laughs> you know, because you got to be on your P's and Q's and then you're, you're afraid somebody's going to try and push your button or something. Yeah, just because yeah. yeah, yeah, right. you get to go yeah, home. Yeah, just because you yeah. get home and just like, hey, I'm going to ruin this guy's day. <laughs> but even after you do the 120, you got another 30. Yeah, yeah. you got so another So you can't 30. get too excited. No. You got to keep it together. So you go in there at 120. I go at 120 and I'm like, okay, it's been a while. And then somebody tells me, hey, just give it another week. I go, okay. <laughs> so I give it another week and I go see my counselor. I'm like, hey, you know, what's going on? And he was like, he goes, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I'll get at you when I get my email. <laughs> and I'm like, well, look, man, this other guy got his in like mm -hmm. five days after the 120. <laughs> so he goes, all right, hold on. Like, he looked at me like all crazy, like, okay, I'm going to just please you. And mm -hmm. he looks on his computer and he goes, oh, shit, you're going home Friday. <sighs> We're on a Monday. And I'm like, oh, shit. what the hell? He goes, yeah, I need to hurry up and finish this, pull this out and go talk to my, my sorry. It's my, only my your boss. life. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. and I'm like, oh, crap. And I'm like, OK, yeah, they're not going to release me that soon. You uh -huh. know what I mean? They got to give me some notice. And all that. So I go and right. talk to his boss and then she punches it up and she goes, you're going home Friday. <sighs> and then that's when it just like, boom, that's right. when it dropped. And it was like and I, my little uh, my heart just started beating fast and i'm like and she's all she looked at me she's like are you okay mm -hmm. and i'm like it just got real yeah. friday we're on a tuesday fuck and i'm like holy crap 
And I'm like, I'm going home. So my mom knew before I did. I called her up and my attorney had called her and she was all, so you're coming home. And I'm like, I'm coming home. Come get me. And yeah, it was an amazing experience. I mean, I'm emotional just listening. <laughs> so she came, so she came, so she, your mom came to get you. Now she listen, came to get me. I mean, how many kids does she have? It's just, well, it's me and my sister. Right. So, so, so you were her, her baby boy. I was her baby boy. And she had lost you for a little while. Yeah. And now she was getting you back. Yeah. Fuck, man. And her and my dad don't like each other. <laughs> well, she's, my dad screwed that up a long time ago when I was right. a kid. So um, she told him to come up and get um, when I got out. So I actually had both my parents with me when I got out. I mean, and the crazy part is I started at Folsom Prison and paroled from Folsom, from Folsom Prison. Man. What a trap. Yeah. Full circle. Yeah. What'd you eat? What was the first thing you ate when you got out? We went to Black Bear Diner. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's about Black Bear up. Diner. I want to know about Black Bear Diner. Black Bear Diner serves big portions. Fool. They did. I. I mean, it was weird being out. I mean, it felt weird. I mean, as soon as they picked me up and we got on the car, they're they're like, like, where do you want to go? I said, just hurry up and get the hell out of here. You were, right. Dude, let's exactly. just get off the yard. Let's just get away from yeah, here let's first. Go. Before I don't anything Before they change their mind. Yes, man. Yes, man. Yes, man. I can relate to yeah, that, man. I just get I me the fuck. I don't it. care where we go. Just yeah. get the fuck going. Let's just go. Hit right. the gas. Right. And yeah. as soon as we were gone, we went to Black Bear Diner. I had What'd you order? eggs, potatoes, bacon, <laughs> pancake. Was it so um, good? Muffin. I mean, it was good. That was the biggest meal I've had. And um, after that, that was all the that was the only meal I ate for like a couple days, <laughs> because after that, being at my mom's house yeah. and being around my family, I mean, because it was it was just my mom, my dad, my sister, and my aunt, and I felt like a stranger in my mom's house. Right, of course. Um, I didn't know what to do. Right. I'm literally sit standing at my mom's sliding glass door, just looking out and I'm and just looking around like. What do I do? And she's like, sit down. <laughs> sit down. Right. And I felt weird because it's not my place. Right, right. I felt out of place in my mom's house, and it was just like, damn. And I was afraid to sit down. My stomach was turning. It was just, it, it was, I felt overwhelmed. So I'm kind of glad it, I got a chance to be in an intimate spot where there wasn't too many people around. Right. Because I think that would overwhelm me. Right. And it was kind of good to just ease myself into coming home and just being with my mom, being with my sisters. I mean, my mom gave up her bed for me, and I couldn't even sleep on it. It was so damn comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, I, I tossed and turned all night. Next morning, I was tired as hell. Couldn't eat still. Um, we ventured out. We did a couple things, took pictures. Um, Culture shock is just yeah, way too it much. Was. I mean, yeah. too many colors. Yeah. I mean, uh -huh. I, that's what it was. It was too damn colorful out in this world. And I couldn't grasp that. Mm -hmm. And I finally started easing in, and I finally got to eat something on, on Sunday, no, on Saturday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, ate something, um, and then just reported to uh, my parole and then checked into Beit Shuva on Monday. And that's when I got scared as hell from the people. Because <laughs> they were so nice. Because they were so nice. Man, but there was some structure there. there a was. little bit of structure. Yeah, I mean, there was another lifer there that had got out, and he was uh, like a PF that basically, um, 
I don't know what you call him, like a cop, I guess, in there. They patrolled in there, and they helped the residents out at the same time. And he eased in, helped me ease into it. I mean, and um, but it was it was weird because the whole time at Bay Shuva, even the first couple weeks there, um, one of the girls I got real close with, she she uh, got me one day and bumped me, and then she looked at me, and I looked at her like I snapped, like, and she goes, "You still do that." And I looked at her, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I still do that. She goes, when people bump you, you react. And I'm like, huh. And she looked at me, because I looked at her all funny, and she's all, I'm sorry I told you that. And I'm like, you know what? I go, no. Because in a regular world, you can bump somebody and nobody's tripping. Yeah. And I told her, no. If I do that, tell me. I go, right. you see me doing way out weird stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Institutional ass shit? Yeah, yeah. tell me. I right. go, these are things I want to know, because yeah. I don't want to live that way no more. Right. I mean, because my main concern was coming out and still going to the shower and washing my boxers and course, having my shower yeah. shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that Steve's, was my main concern, but Steve's it was that little favorite question thing. to ask dudes that come out, it's like, how long did it take you to get fully naked in the shower? Like, did you, because he's like- Were you washing your boxers in the shower? No, the first I wasn't. Night? No? no? I did it. I did it. <laughs> What I did about, it. I wore shower shoes because the bathroom was, <laughs> I, the bathroom was dirty. Okay, all right, uh, all right. Yeah, because they stuck me in a room with like a few other guys, and I mean, no one cleaned. So right, I freaking right, got right. up one morning, and I cleaned the crap out of that bathroom sure and all that did. stuff. And then dudes were even like, man, I never seen the bathroom. <laughs> and I said, well, I'll leave that like that until yeah. I get out of this room. Yeah, exactly. And, but How after long that, did it take and, you, uh, and this is, you don't have to go into super detail if you don't want to, but... Uh, the first time you're finally back with a woman, how was that? That was something. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I don't want to get too into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but go yeah, ahead, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, Just uh, even this, this, you know, set up the scenario. Yeah, first night out. Yeah. Yeah. It blew, did that blow your mind, man? The like, first night out, uh, a friend of mine showed up at my mom's house. And... We didn't have the romantic freaking, right. you know, let's get a room yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it felt it felt weird, but at the same time, it was like, hell yeah. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> it's all happy. <laughs> I'm excited about that, man. I, mean, I love hearing that part, man. Because yeah. I, mean, I didn't expect that to happen. Right. I mean, especially on my first day out. Right, right but right, it right. just makes sense that, like, you know somebody would think about that and take care of a, a friend or whatever yeah because she drove all the that's way good looking out i mean because she drove all the way from san jose she was ready <laughs> to oakdale she must have thought you had something built up yeah, <laughs> yeah this guy's gonna was, tear me apart <laughs> that's exactly i right. got one yeah. he's down so, in, he's down in la but i'm going a, listen listen i've heard a lot of stories on these things I never hear that. You're a high commodity. Yeah, 24, like, 24 hours she, out, yeah, bro. She was like, oh, I'm going to get ripped apart. <laughs> I am going to get ripped apart. I'm ready. I'm going to drive damn. all. I don't care if I got to yeah. get Costco gas. I'm, I'm gonna surprised she didn't tell me she drove from New York. Or She's like, you know? yeah, well, I'm going to put some brand new tires on this car. I'm going to drive my ass all the way over there. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was something. I was just like in shock from that. Happening, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like wow, okay, that's a great story, man. But I mean, since I've been out, it's been a blessing. I mean, I can't everything, I mean, I take nothing for gratitude. What's you know, what, for granted, um, I mean, anymore? What's nothing. been please tell me because we kind of we kind of already covered a big issue that I get into with, with guys, and that's like the preparation to get out. You're like, yeah, there's four days, 
before you're getting out. And a lot of times they drop this on guys. Guys just 27, 28, 30 years in prison and expected to figure it out. And hey, in three days you're going home. And so it's almost like a forgotten thing. Like, oh, wait, let me look at the paper. Oh, shit, I got to go back. Back in the early 90s, they used to have a pre release program. program. Right. Pre parole and all that. that. So now it's just like, okay, you're getting out. Get the hell out. Anthony just got done telling us he was in for so long. That he couldn't handle the colors. Right. That's a that's a major. And, and so I thing. want people to listen to this, man, because this is this is some shit, man. We're we're talking about people that have been locked up in prison for a very long time, and then they're just set right into society with no real backup, with no real planning, with no real timing. Like, I want people to hear this. Um, and I and I and then I also just want to ask you, Anthony, like. Um, tell us what has been some of the biggest obstacles, what have been some of the biggest obstacles for you in getting out and readjusting back into society? I'd have to say at first it was just at first, cause at Beit Shuva, I felt that I was being held back. I mean, cause I wanted to go get stuff done on my terms mm-hmm. and because you know, gotcha. I'm, I'm already free. Why should I have to wait and get stuff done? Right. And so I was getting real frustrated with that, with basically what I felt was a prison guard telling me what to do again. Right. That's what, how I related it. And, but once I got to talking with my counselor and my therapist and my spiritual counselor, cause they give you all that at Bay Shuba mm-hmm. and they were telling me, what are you hur- in a hurry for? And I was like, that's true. What am I in a hurry for? I mean, right. I don't know how to live this life out here. You guys have been here longer than me doing this, and I'm trying to just do stuff on, like, I want it now. I want catch it now. Catch up, dude, because yeah. you're catching up. And that's, how, and that's what everybody used to tell me. What, don't play catch up because you're never going to catch up. Right. And so I had to step back from myself and think about that. And it's like, okay, take your time, breathe. And the other thing I felt is time out here is way too fast. Time goes fast out here because. You've heard that before, haven't you? Yep. I'm still trying to catch up with It's that. moving fast. Yeah, and it's like, man. We had another dude named Carlos. How long was Carlos down for? Carlos was down for 32. Yeah, he was a lot, he was a lot older than you, and he came out. He said the same exact thing. He yeah, said, it does. It's fucking just, he comes out, and he says, shit's just going like this. Yeah, because in there, you, you got a plan. Your day's already planned out once you wake up. Right. You got a steady little program and everything. Out here, things happen on a whim. Yeah. You never know it, and things that just aren't supposed to happen, happen. Right. And so here you feel like you really don't got enough time. Right. And I found it really, really uh, a, a blessing to my family. I thanked my family, my friends, because when I got out and I told guys inside, I'm going to write you. The simple fact that it's hard to even find time to write. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I thank my family. I tell them, I go, you know what? For those of you who have wrote me, mm-hmm. um, just sent me a letter. Thank you. I mean, I can't thank you enough for that because, man, I can't even find time. And I promised all these guys, oh, yeah, I got you, guy, uh, dog. I'm going to write you a letter and all this stuff. And it's hard to yeah. take time from your schedule to live. I mean, because they've been doing this for a long time. And I'm barely starting. I can't seem to find the time. And they found the time to, like, sit down, take time from their busy schedule, kids, work, yeah. whatever else they've got going on. To take the time to write me. Take strong will. Yeah, and that's that's something. That speaks values to what they've done. And I, 
this it's fast out here i'm still trying to grasp that and i'm just trying to i'm trying to find my little groove still i mean i've been out a year now and i'm still trying to find that little groove and everything that's happening with me because i've actually i've been blessed to experience a lot since i got out i had this conversation with my mom when, when this morning because she's just like i'm so happy for you and everything she goes the greatest gift i ever got my mom made me a book a book of my first three months and in this book is everything that i've done um i thank bait shuva most of all for letting me experience a lot of this stuff because i've been to galas i've been to fashion shows i've been experiencing things going places that i never thought i'd do and my mom was like you're living so much that i wanted to do a book of your first year she goes i had to do your first three months she's gonna have mm -hmm. to do a series yeah I had a, I'd have to have a Netflix series or something. <laughs> right, um, right, right. But um, I've got to experience a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't get to do. And I just, I'm, I'm grateful. I find gratitude every day for just the things that I've been able to do, accomplish, and just live life. Because I took this life for granted for so long when I was out mm -hmm. the first time. And I'm not going to do mm -hmm. that again. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that again. And that's what I, I love about the lifers that are coming out now because that's what we see now mm -hmm. i mean we are a tight-knit community we yes. actually look out for each other i, I see that and i'm and aware of that yes we <clears throat> have a strong bond because we all know where we were and what we can accomplish now because now we're in a whole different mind frame and i stay connected to that family and Hell it's yeah. just it's just been incredible what an amazing story, man. Brother, you like, uh, you know, as as I do get from, from speaking with gentlemen that have had similar journeys to you, you breathe a breath of not only fresh air, but gratitude into my life. Yeah. You you bring me back. Like, when you're telling the story, bro, I can smell the cell. I can remember the food tray. I can remember time in the shoe. I can remember these things. And we sit here right now out here. And um, I can't help but be grateful for my life. I, I have a very good friend of mine, Tony Massey, who's kind of sitting at the table. He's about to come on, but and he's we were locked up together as well. And I'm sure he could, he he feels the same way. He got up and sat over here, and it's like, bro, your your story is empowering. Your story is informational. Your story moves me, and yeah, I'm not easily touching. moved. It's touching. Um, I feel, I can feel, you, I could feel your pain from you talking about your brother. I could feel your joy from talking about getting out. Um, I'm happy for him. Bro, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely happy. I'm proud of you. Thank I'm you. happy for you. I'm, I'm admirable. What you, just everything about you and where you're at today. And his mom. You. I'm happy for yeah, his mom. Yeah, and your family, bro. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's guys that have sat in this chair that were that far away from and their parent didn't make it Brian. for them to see him i know and i've yeah. i've seen and that i'm sure sure you have and, exactly and dude like, this guy brian that was, was my biggest a, worry we had a was. guy sure, of course we had a guy brian was down for what it was 35, 36 36 years and same story to a certain extent of like they just told him like two days before you're getting out da, 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 da. and his mom was on her deathbed and he was she passed while it was the 120 days so she knew he was coming home, but didn't make it. And he sat in a chair and cried. And he was a grown, he's a gentleman, a great man. Yes. And he and he and he wept because the the only solace that he could find at that moment was that at least she knew, she knew he, was, he coming was coming home. home. 
But he yeah, didn't because quite that make was that. the one thing that like, and I've thought about this when I was inside, and I was like, man, what am I gonna do if I lose my mom? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What kind of what kind of mind frame is that gonna put me in? I mean, I could be in the best place of my life possible inside. I mean, on a good path, but for that to happen would have been a whole other, it, that could have just crushed everything and just like, I could have just like, screw it, what the hell am I gonna get out for? Right, right. But it didn't for you, bro. But it did. Yeah, and it did. Uh, God, it's, uh, God, uh, God yeah. bless you. Yep. Uh, it just, just a great show, bro. And, and all the reasons that I do this show, it's like, you know, this is, these are some of the reasons I do it, man. For, not only for you to share your stories, but the feeling that you give me and the gratitude you brought today and the joy that you brought me from seeing you make it through that, man, is like, it's amazing. You, made my, you made my whole month. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Lucky. Yeah, man. And, I, and I, I not only look forward to uh, building a friendship with you, well, continuing this, uh, I will look forward to having you back on, join our round table, and, okay. and, 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 and anything you want to bring and talk about. And come on, man, you have a seat here at this show, Green brother. Light. Absolutely, anytime. And any way we can help you in your moving forward, bro, all you got to do is reach out, man. I mean, hey, let's hear it for Anthony DJ Exile. <laughs> DJ Exile, Anthony. Thank you, brother. Thank you for coming down. Thank you for coming down. I appreciate it, man. Thank you.